Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three American expats explore different topics related to living and working in South Korea. With the combined 45 years of living experience in Asia, there are plenty of stories to tell. So pop in your headphones and make yourself comfortable. It's time for the Soul Patch Podcast. My tainted perception distorts my true meaning is blurred. Everybody, today we have another guest. We're talking with Sochil, who is a relatively new teacher here in Korea. And we've been talking with a lot of people who've been here for a long time. And we, we wanted to get someone's new perspective because as anyone who's been listening for a while knows, Ryan, Jack, and I have been here for so long that we don't, the mysticism is often gone when it comes to what Korea is. And so we think it'll be really fun to see Korea through through someone else's eyes for a bit and help maybe help remind us on why what's interesting, what's fun about this country. So, Sochil, before we get going, I guess the first thing I want to know is, and I'm sure you've been asked this question tons of times before, but why Korea? Like, I know why the three of us came to Korea, but these days, Korea is, is so different from the way it was 15 years ago when we got here. So why did you choose to come to Korea to teach as opposed to other countries or, or yeah, why, why here? Um, oh, yeah, I think my answer is like kind of weird to some people, but basically like I was an English major and I had an education track. And so one oh, of nice. the courses that I took was like teaching English in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like learned a lot about like, East Asian countries and like the legacy of teaching English like there and etc. So I had a lot of Korean friends in that class actually and they were like oh, telling cool. me about like oh there's a lot of benefits and so I just wanted to do something like fun because I'm still kind of young and I was like why don't I just like go to another country and just see what nice. stuff is about yeah so that's kind of what brought me here. I mean that's more or less what brought me here as well not not specifically healthcare but it was the same thing like I want to go and travel and have fun and teach and Korea for for logistical reasons just was the better option than than others right Um, like they have everything kind of set up for you already like I I when I listened to your podcast before I remember you guys like referring to it like life in a bottle and I that's so true and so (laughs) I was like okay I can go here and like not have to worry about like healthcare, pension, blah, blah, like it's all set up, apartment, like all that's set up and other places, like you kind of have to find your own or like, mm-hmm. it's just not set up as nicely. So I just felt like that's yeah. going to be convenient. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. You show up to Korea and they're just like, here's where you're living. Here's your job. There's the corner <laughs> store, like done. It's all, it's I, all right. I remember my, when the wheels fell off the bus for me, I, I, I crash landed on my parents' sofa and I was like, all right, Korea, here I come again, you know, because <laughs> that's what that's basically what happened to me. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, that's basically what happened to me at the law firm. And I was like, all right, Korea, here I come. Yeah. So yeah. like uh social. So like when you came here, speaking of that, that whole like life in a bottle thing, um, did someone meet you at the airport? No. Really? So you had to navigate your way. Wow. Yeah. So the lucky thing for me is like this Korean woman who like came all the way from Lexington. I came from Lexington, Kentucky, and she was at the airport. She saw me at the airport. So when we both landed in Incheon, like I hadn't seen her, but she came up to me and she's like, hey, I saw you in Lexington. And she was like really, really nice. And she helped me with everything. Like we were luckily going to the same place. So she helped me with the KTX and like, well, she was going to Busan, but she helped me like get off at Busan. And like, she helped me with literally everything. Mm -hmm. Like people were so nice to me. It was insane. Like I heard like people are not that friendly to strangers, but like people carried my luggage for me. Like everyone was like really nice. Yeah. (laughs) I 
Everyone I know has a story of a Korean person taking them somewhere. You know what I mean? Just like a random stranger, just like here, they grab your arm, they, you know, or hold your hand and say, I'm taking you, you know, no matter how out of the way it is for them. So that's a really cool, what a great way to, to start. That's, I will say, like awesome. you said, Koreans aren't necessarily polite to strangers. I, I think that's the hit or miss, but definitely once they decide to help you, it's amazing how far they will go just to, to, to make, to, to do what you need to do. It's very right cool. for sure. Yeah. And like, uh, I think maybe I misspoke, but I didn't mean like politeness, just like I heard that, like, they're not like super like they say that people in the US right. are like super friendly or something, I guess. And they think it's weird. Like, we'll be like, hi to everyone. And they're not used to that. That has a little bit more to do with just like randomly talking to people. Yeah, you know, I think so. Check, yeah. check this out. So so yesterday I, I taught a class with um, it's a Saturday section. Right. So these are like older students, like uh, late 20s. And uh, we were talking about this type of issue. We're talking about stereotypes, stereotypes of Americans, stereotypes of Koreans we were comparing. And Kev, I think you would have a better insight into this because of uh, language. Um, I understand Nunchi pretty well. I think of it as like a social cohesive, like feeling thing. Probably one of the better ways to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're you're like aware of other people and whatever. They were saying that Americans specifically compared to, we were looking at tons of countries, d- t- uh, different cultures. And they said, Americans specifically lack ninchi. And I, w- I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. So what do you mean right. by that? And the way they began to describe it, it made me realize that ninchi might, might not be what I think it is in, in entirely. I feel like it's kind of like this. Like, it's not that I would say Koreans are like unfriendly, but they're like respect, more respectful of your autonomy like mm. like you don't want to disturb somebody else wouldn't you say that's that's true like an american mm. probably isn't so worried about disturbing the person next to him on the on the yeah. the bus stops bench you know where koreans would be a little bit more like leave you alone i'm like not sure shopping. like an american will well, tell you, they just come up to help you regardless of how how much help you want in the store you, but, you could, yeah you could take a bus ride with an american like longer than 10 minutes they'll tell you their whole life story you know what i mean <laughs> like like, yeah. like the worst thing that ever happened to them and you know, and and in Korea, you know, you wouldn't even tell that to your wife for the first 20 years of marriage. You know what I mean? Like you, it's we're very I don't know what what the word is, but you know what I mean? Like, it I mean, slaps me every time. I, every time I come home, it always slaps me. I'm like, I'm just like, like waiting at the in line at the gas station. The guy next to me is like, so like I'm from Wisconsin. Right. So it's like, yeah. so the Packers. I'm like, what? Are you talking to me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that's an interesting part of it as well. Yeah, Nunchi is, Nunchi is fun. Anyway, um, so Socho, how you had some Korean friends in school, which is very cool. Because like, I, I wanted to ask, like, how you started to get ready to come to Korea. Like, what were your steps before getting here? And I guess having people that you can already ask specific questions to is great. Because all of my research before coming to Korea was like you know, internet, what are Koreans like? Or asking friends, like, what do you know about Korea? And everyone's like, I don't know, Starcraft. Like, that, like I, I got nothing before I came to, to Korea, but you actually had people on the ground that you could talk to, which is very cool. Yeah, I mean, because of COVID, like, I didn't have that connection as much as I, like, used to back mm. when I was in college, but I sure. still did have some people I could, like, ask about certain things. So that was really nice. Like, my aunt's friend is Korean, too, and, like, we 
go hang out with her and ask her different stuff about like moving and stuff. I asked her, like, do you think uh, I've moved to Ulsan and I asked her like where she thinks is a good place to move. She really pushed for me to like move to Seoul because she said mm-hmm. that it's going to be more fun since I'm young. Um, but I was like, uh, I didn't want to go somewhere that was like too big, like right off the bat. But yeah, as far as like how I got into the process of coming to Korea, I think like I knew from my friends like kind of what it was about. So then I just I did do like my own research mostly. And then like the process was really different than I imagined because I didn't know like how expensive it was. Like you have to do like all these documents and like have them all apostled and like send them to Korea and like, yeah, it's like hundreds of dollars to do all of that. So like I didn't expect that, but it was fine. But it was just like something that I think a lot of people who are looking into coming, like they're not prepared for, like don't know about. Um, maybe if they haven't done their research yet. Um, but then that's good as well because you already had all of the documents and everything once you got here. So hopefully the process wasn't too difficult once you were on the ground. It was like visa just. Yeah, yeah. If you get my visa and everything done, yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, and then like as far as looking for a job, I honestly like did like the whole recruiter thing, like, but they were not helpful at all. Yeah, they were like really bad. And then like. <laughs> then I just literally found this job through like a Facebook post and nice. then yeah talked to the foreign teachers who like worked here before and they all had good things to say for the most part so I would I just took my leap basically like I think this is something a lot of people aren't prepared for either like I did so much research and did like everything before coming here and at the end I still felt like I just got to take the leap of faith and just like go for it mm-hmm. because like no matter how much research you do you don't know like how it's going to end up. So you just have to like be prepared to like not be prepared basically. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're moving across literally the entire planet. It's going to be an adventure. Like you can't know everything. It wouldn't right. be fun if you did. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. I was going to stay home. Did you find things that were in all of your research? What did you find was, was very helpful? What resources did you find were good for you? What did you find that maybe wasn't very helpful? Was there anything that you were like, well, that wasn't the way I was told it was going to be. Um, so like there's this one YouTuber, her name's like Annie and she lived in Sejong, I think, but I don't remember the exact thing. Maybe I'll send you guys this and you can like put a link to it or something. She had a whole video about like exactly what to do before you come to Korea, like everything to prepare. And she was like the most helpful video I've seen by far, like as far as that. And then for the documents and stuff like that, my recruiter was mostly the one kind of helping me. And actually, here's another thing. If you apply to a bunch of different recruiters, they're all going to give you like advice. And so even if you don't get a job through them, you can like fix all your stuff up according (laughs) to the advice that recruiters gave you, then use it to get the job you want. So like, that's kind of what happened with me. Like the first recruiter, like they actually helped me fix up all my documents, but I didn't end up going with them. So I suggest like using that resource. And like, if you see, they have like a link and like how to set up all your documents and you can ask the person who the recruiter you're working with, like all the questions about it. Then once you have everything set up, like, I'm not saying ditch that person, but I'm saying if you don't get a job through them, like you can, you, you can still use those documents. So one thing I really suggest is like, don't have your documents. You can have the option to have your documents sent to the recruiter instead of sent back to you and have them sent back to you because you want them. Don't let it's a way for them to kind of get their claws into you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Have them sent back to you. That's what I did. And I was like, so thankful for that later. Yeah. That's that's very good advice. Definitely. Yeah. And that just makes sense in general. Keep everything on your side. Like, just in case it's better for me. I remember, I remember way the heck back when um, I started at Chungang 
the they wanted my diplomas right yeah. and they had i think so, i was already hired at this point or whatever they already made up their mind i didn't have a contract but they needed my diplomas i didn't have all that on hand because i wasn't teaching here right so i had to i had stuff in storage my parents house i think and i had them send a photocopy and that was good enough and I wonder if it's very similar for like a lot of your application stuff. If they want like transcripts and stuff like this, you can provide copies initially. And then the real deal, once you get the official contract, you know, like, um, so in case you're sending out multiple packages to different, um, different recruiters or different uh, applications, you could use copies for everything. Right. And for the applications, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. didn't have to ever send, like, I have my diploma with me now. I brought it just in case. Like, if you're going to come to Korea, then bring your diploma and all your documents in case you need to get a new job later. Or, like, when you renew, like, the next year and you want to, like, you end your contract and you want to get a new job at the next year, you should have, like, all your documents with you, I think. So I brought my diploma with me. But, like, to apply from the U.S., I just needed a photocopy. And it has to be apostled. I never had to bring, I never had to, like, show anyone my real diploma. It just has to be a hostels in the u.s we we didn't do that back in 2000 i came here in 2002 that was my first job i sent my real diploma through the mail <laughs> like the, like i you know like br- like i broke the glass you know what i mean like like i gotta it's like a piggy bank you know yeah i gotta get it it should be hanging in you know um some a wall somewhere but um yeah i i i had friends that sent their real diploma and they someone put like a stamp on it or something they got it back and it was like all messed up and it was just such a (laughs) such a weird time because they were kind of it was it was you know this is the early 2000s it was still a little bit you know crazy back then um and so yeah it's it it sounds like it's they made it the the the, uh apostille thing though is is uh is that troublesome? I mean, how, how expensive is that? Is it- so basically you have to, I don't remember the exact price, but I think to get like, you have to get like your uh, degree apostilled and then you have to get, um, I don't even remember at this point, something else yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to get apostilled. And like, it's not your transcript, by the way. They actually don't need FBI your transcript, background check. I found that's- out later. Background check. Yeah. Uh, criminal background check. You have yeah. to have both yeah. of those apostles and like, so you, you have to send them out to get apostled and then like you receive them back and then you send those copies out. You don't have mm. to send like your full thing. Yeah. So the, the price for both of those, I think it was like a hundred or something. I want to mm-hmm. say, cause like I got it like a express apostle too. There's like a cheaper way to do it with the background check. But if you do that, you don't know about like the time. Period. Okay. Like if you come back a lot later. Does that include um, the shipping cost too? Or is that like just on top of that? Then you got to send the document to. Is that I had to send the, the document? It would have been like cheaper to ship it right to the recruiter. Yeah. But like I said, I wanted to have my documents. Okay. Yeah. And like yeah. that way you only have to get one copy. And like once you get your job, like get your contract and everything, then you send your stuff out. Okay. Mm, nice. Yeah. Actually, I'm curious about that when so for your visa. Before you landed in Korea, did you already have your visa? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think you can come without your visa anymore. I mean, you could, but you would have to leave the country again. Right. That's yeah, what I was going to ask. Run. Like, I did a visa. I've done a, a number of visa runs in my time yeah. here. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to see. I'm starting to feel like I did this in the, like the stupidest way possible. I'm, I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm really for real. Like, check check this out. This is. I, I'm, I'm just going back. The way you're describing this, I'm like, wow, that would have been so much easier. I remember now what happened. 
I needed to get a new diploma. I think I lost my undergraduate diploma somewhere. And so I had talked to the university. They sent me to like the state department uh, to, to the, not the state department, like something like where we get the opposite steel, whatever in Washington. And so I had to make like an envelope within an envelope within an envelope with like, uh, checks in each one, like a cashier. What do you call that? A money, money order, money it? order, money, money order. order. Yeah, yeah. In each one. And then each one of those envelopes had instructions for the people. So it was like one for the university to like, you know, make the document, send it to this person, steal this document, mail it to this person. Like it had, it had this chain. All self-addressed and, envelopes. Right. And I had to kick it yeah. off from my my mom's, from my, from my mom for some reason, maybe because she had to make the cashier's check or something. So I had to write like another envelope for my mom with like all the instructions. And it was <laughs> like, so I put this in the mail and I'm just like, I'm hoping I made this like Russian doll correctly. And uh, yeah, eventually it came <laughs> back and I got it. I, wow, do they still, a month later <laughs> do, do you still get like a like i i did a a visa run uh one time where i had to i was changing jobs and i had to go to i had to leave the country so i went to osaka and uh Same. yeah and so the school the school gave me like this code it was like a code number that was like basically my you know like uh this this shows that ja- that he will be working at this school and they gave me the wrong code. They gave me my coworkers uh, code. So I roll into Osaka. Where'd you go? Um, well, I rolled in and I, I was like, you know, like, hey, I got this uni gig, everybody. I'm like, uh, you know, feeling good because it's a lot of Hagwon teachers. And I was like, you know, moving up. Uh, and uh, that E1 visa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I was I was feeling got proud, of myself, you know. And then they were like, this is not you. We don't know who this is, but you're, you're not this person. I went from like, then I was almost crying, you know, like, like a grown man uh, on the verge of tears, you know? Um, and uh, they had the, 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 somebody at the Osaka uh, immigration called the university in Korea. And my Korean was so bad. I'm like, who's your, who, who's the person we need to talk to? I was like, Mr. Choi. I didn't even know how to pronounce like the last name <laughs> and somehow they found it and got the right number, but it was just a miracle. And uh, yeah, trying to find a, a PC room like in Osaka when you've never, you know, in a foreign country. Oh boy. Right. Those are the adventures that you just, uh, you, you know, I can look back at it and laugh now, but at the time I was not. So uh, we were talking a lot about like the difficulties <laughs> of like coming here to teach ESL. And I was hoping like, talking to social today we could talk about kind of like i don't know yeah like i don't want to just like like say like the fun stuff but i want to know like your impression we, we've interviewed a few people that talked about some of like the crazy uh pretty upsetting experiences that they had so um for i guess my my first question i maybe i missed a beat did uh, how long have you been here I, I just got here february 15th Oh my god! Okay. So I'm like Too a much. fresh, You're super nerdy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you think of like real kimchi? Is it good? Oh my god! Yeah, it was like <laughs> it surprised me. I literally like went to work. We get lunch at work, right? And so they like gave me kimchi. I like ate it, and then I was like, "Wow, the flavor is like a punch. Like it's so much punchier than like it is back home, and it's like more." it's almost a little sweet back home and it's definitely like sour 
and like a little yeah, more savory funky. here. You, you know where the punch comes from. It's the kimchi refrigerator is everything. Like no one right. has a special, you know, how many people have kimchi refrigerators in America? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, kimchi fresh from the kimchi refrigerator, even if it's made months ago, kimchi fr fresh from the kimchi fridge just tastes better than once it's been in the normal fridge for yeah. like a week or two. I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, I love all the food, so I haven't had any problem like adjusting. I'm not a picky eater, which has been like a lifesaver for me because I know some other foreigners are like, I don't know about this. So they'll be like, oh, this is really spicy. Again, I'm like Mexican-American. So I'm like, spicy? Are we eating? Yeah, the same like, place? Nothing. That's, yeah, yeah. You're like, go to Arizona. That's like so ketchup. I was eating, eating jalapenos all the time. Yeah. I was like, yeah. actually going to that then. So here in Korea, I think you mentioned before we started that there's that either you are or there's only one more like foreign teacher where you're working. Are you the only there are no other foreign teachers You're where I'm working, at, but there yeah. we basically have like the same administration, so the same bosses run another school like the floor oh. up from mine. Oh, okay. And all the foreign teachers work there, and we were supposed to have like uh, another foreign teacher working with me, but one of the ones upstairs quit randomly, and so she went upstairs. Like she, this was before she came, so she hadn't signed like her con her contract, I think. So they switched it and had her work upstairs. And then they had to hire a Korean teacher to work downstairs, Korean English teacher. So it's three Korean English teachers and me as a foreign teacher, and then a bunch of other Korean teachers, like homeroom teachers and stuff. Okay. But then I guess if it's still kind of connected with the same like owner or whatever, do you socialize with the other like foreign teachers from the other floor? Uh, yeah, we do somewhat. I don't like I I'm like at work nine hours. Right. And so I don't see mm, them like. Right. Out. No but I, on the weekend, I see them sometimes. It's been kind of oh. weird because like I made a lot of I felt like I made instant friends in a way. And then like it's hard keeping up with everyone because our schedules are all crazy. So I mm. haven't like kept up with them as much. But the other new arrival and I actually hang out pretty often because like we're both new. Right. So we're right. both mm -hmm. a lot of and stuff so that's been nice but their experience upstairs is like really different from what i'm dealing with downstairs so yeah two worlds so then how so, like what about your sorry kev i just want to jump i've been yeah, waiting to ask this question like uh how do you find like your students what what demographic like what age level so i'm at like one of those kindy hog ones so they're literally from like i teach from four five six and seven years old oh yeah. okay okay oh not great that's a year old okay yeah. okay yeah four years old you five years old six years old seven you have four-year-old students yeah Actually, wow. i want to check is that korean age four or like korean oh, age four yeah that's that's what yeah. i thought so you've got two years. wow they're babies so yeah. that's like two years of preschool and then like american kindergarten basically yeah yeah, yeah right. I love my kindergartners so much because there's only four of them in the class so we've gotten really close and yeah. like Every day that I come in, they're like, Emily teacher is beautiful. They say this like every day now. <laughs> one of them asked their, their homeroom teacher how to say it. And then he taught everyone else how to say it. So now they say it like every day. And I was like so flattered. But Friday I came in wearing green and they're like, they said, Emily teacher is beautiful. And then they said like, but pink looks better on you. And they were like, no, blue looks better on her. And they started arguing. And I was like, all right. Come on. <laughs> it was so You're funny. Celebrity. I was like, the rose. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's cute. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I have to admit that um the uh, uh, Korea you'll you'll get a lot of random ego boosts from 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 things like that. And yeah. then you'll get that that brutal honesty where it's like, oh, ego boost, and then oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like yeah, I, I thought the thing looked good on me. Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I was just saying. I, I, I went to a pharmacy once, and I, the guy's like, "You're very handsome. Right? You look like a movie star." And then I went outside, and the kid is like, "You're ba- bald, uncle. You know, like uh, Bob Feige had you." <laughs> So it's kind of, you know, it's a roller coaster ride, you know, <laughs> you like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had any like co- mean comments yet. People, when they first met me, everyone was like, you're really cute. Like before I started wearing makeup, everything, everyone was like, you're so cute. You're so cute. And then I started wearing makeup to work now. And now everyone's like, you're beautiful and pretty. So I haven't had any mean comments yet. Besides the green is not my color from the kids. But <laughs> well, now you know, now you know. You know. Well, St. Patty's Day has passed. So I think you're good now for uh, for a while. <laughs> um what uh what are some other things that you that you've uh like because i know that you were in uh from talking to you before we were chatting you were in quarantine like when you first came right so you're basically just stuck for how how long was that was that like uh 10 days or how it was just one week when i arrived so it wasn't as long as like other quarantines because they switched it so yeah i was stuck in quarantine for a week and then i had to do another week because i was i got covid from the kids Yeah. So how weird is that to come to a new country and just look at it through the window? I mean, it was it was wild. Like, I mean, I can't show you my view because like people would know exactly where I live. Right. No, don't dox yourself. The view is (laughs) the view is literally beautiful from my window. And I have like a giant. Well, you can see it's all a window. Like this whole thing is just a window. Like this whole wall is just a window behind me. So when I got here, I would just like look out the window like all day like (laughs) i wish i could go there (laughs) i wish i could go there Um, yeah and like the air was so fresh and like the sunset is so beautiful the sun sets red in ulsan really often it's like red almost every day or at least really often since i've been here and it looks really beautiful like the sunset the colors are really amazing so it was very strange like coming here i felt like i was in a simulation or something because i was just like staring out the window and then, like, my real life is, like, in this apartment for a week. <laughs> so <laughs> that was very- when you were finally free to explore, what kind of exploring did you do? Like, what what was your did you have, like, a, a list of kind of like a checklist of things that you wanted to do when you got here? Just like, I want to go order a bibimbap uh, from, you know this restaurant or I, I don't know like wait, wait, wait sorry jack back back yeah, up yeah, a second ahead. though like i'm trying to paint a picture in my head maybe for the listeners too i'm still hung up on you like dropping into a country and getting like quarantine <laughs> like and looking out the giant window watching the sunsets i've got this in my mind right now so yeah. when you're there like how did your school provide like i don't know i don't know quarantine i never had to do it like do you what do you do for food i mean you can't call for takeout or delivery what'd you do yeah i literally i starved for 24 hours before they brought me something and they yeah i was hungry they had there was bottled water here so like i drank that but i didn't and then like it turns out that the teacher who lived here before had left like ramen and stuff in one of the cupboards but like i'm short and i couldn't reach it because it was like all the way up so i didn't even know there was ramen there (laughs) until they told me like way later and then there was like ramen so i was just like hungry and then they brought me some food so like basically they ordered it and then just took it out of my paycheck so they just brought me like soup and like eggs and straw well the first thing is like my my the vp like she got me like stuff that i think she thinks americans eat like strawberries bread and milk and that was like all but it wasn't like real meals and like a lot of the bread was like from paris baguette and it wasn't just not like 
it was weird. Like one of them was like buns stuffed with cheese whiz. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> well, good to Korea. Yeah. Get used to this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Ugh. but what I really liked, which a lot of foreigners don't like is the sweet garlic bread. Oh, I thought yeah, it was really sugary garlic bread. And I knew it would be sweet because I'd already been warned about that by my friends. Yeah. So then I tasted it and I was ready for it. And I was like, oh, this is good, actually. So I did like that. Um, the one thing that I really hated that other foreigners haven't had a problem with, the toast sandwiches. I like I got nauseous when I ate it because it, it's like sweet, weirdly sweet. And then they have horseradish in it, too. And I was like, mm, mm, no, <laughs> I can't do like sweet with horseradish. Just no. Yeah. 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 So so it was yeah, so like that was basically my experience, just like eating and sitting here. And I thought I would watch more Netflix and stuff, but I like just it was just weird because I just like I felt like I was just sitting around thinking a lot of the time because it feels like you're not in a foreign country. Like you wake up and you're like, you don't realize you're in a foreign country because you literally can't even see anyone. But then like I go to do my laundry and it's all in Korean, like laundry machines all in Korean or like the temperature controls. I don't even know how to turn them on. So like I'm like, oh, all right, I'm in Korea. Like that's how I felt every day. <laughs> have, have you lived in another country before? Like, have, have you for like longer periods of time, or is, is this? Yeah, a- I lived in Mexico for like a year as an adult, and then I lived there as a kid as well. And mm-hmm. uh, but I speak Spanish fluently and I speak English fluently, so it's like different. And I've traveled to yeah. like China and other places where I don't really speak the language, but I've never like lived somewhere long term where I don't speak the language. So it, it has been different. Yeah. I just oh, uh, when I, you... oh, I, I'll be curious to talk to you about language maybe in a minute. But um, how have you started to adapt then to Korea? Like, have you had someone like have helped you or? One of my coworkers, she's like my real friend. Like, I won't get into how how I know this because, you know, obviously, but she's like really my friend. I don't know why, but she like just saw me, I guess, really liked me, vibed with me. And then she just like helps me with literally anything like I was going to I went to Daegu Saturday yesterday and she was like, oh, I can help you get your KTX tickets. Like, I don't know, like sometimes people who are nice here, they just like adopt you as like their sister. Is this a something. Korean coworker? Yeah, or? she's Korean. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. And she's just like so nice to me and so kind. Yeah. Like, I can't even begin to be thankful. Like, she's I don't know how to explain it, but like, it's just another level. Like to see the cherry blossom, she drove me all the way to Gyeongju and then like hung out with me the whole time. And like, just like a tour guide basically, which is like so kind. Yeah. Yeah. But so I began to adapt because she helps me with a lot of stuff and she helps me with like learning Korean and the foreign teachers who work upstairs have lived here for years. Like one of them's lived in Ulsan for six years. So Mm -hmm. I can always ask them stuff. And they're really helpful about that. And then as far as learning Korean, I've actually started picking up a lot of stuff because the kids speak it all the time. And I'm like, English, please. But like, I know what different things mean now. (laughs) So I know like, kumane, kidariseyo, anja, antiseyo, like all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Like basically, wait, sit down, be quiet. So like, I've learned a bunch of stuff just through hearing them like all the time. And my coworkers talking all the time. So I started to pick it up. Nice. Yeah. Can you have you gone through Hangul? Have you got the alphabet down at least? Yeah, I do know the alphabet. I still like struggle with this one, but I can read most of it. And I'm like the new arrival keeps being shocked because like she hasn't picked it up yet. And I'm like, it's literally so easy if you just sit down. She's been like studying (laughs) and I feel like I've been picking it up naturally because I'm like surrounded by it all the time. So it's been harder for her. I yeah. just remember when I was kind of new t- trying to learn Hangul, I would, my goal at first was as I was walking on the street, I would just try and read a sign, not understand it, but just pronounce a sign before I passed it by. Right, right. And 
yeah, that was just good practice for getting through the syllables and getting through the sounds and things like that. I think yeah, a fun. Was... No, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Like oh, no, a, a fun. I was just... oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. You go. You go first. You go. <laughs> yeah, first. I was just gonna say, like, with I do that with menus. Like, I'll read it in Korean first, and then I'll look at the English after and be like, okay, I did mm. say that right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I was gonna say I do the exact same thing with movie titles on like uh, cable. You know, it's it's fun. Do you like? What is that? Independent? Oh, Independence Day, you know, or something like that. Like you just uh, that's a that's a fun game to play if you're uh, going bored, going crazy at, mm. your, at home. <laughs> yeah. So what what things have been what things were you not expecting that you've run into so far in Korea? I think I mean, because you did some research, you talked to some friends, you know, you, you found things online, but still, you know, maybe foods or, or I don't know, some culture thing that, that you just can be like, oh, hey, that's a thing here. Like what, what has yeah. surprised you in your first couple months? I knew that like random stuff would be sweet, but I just wasn't expecting like the level of sweetness for things that like I am used to being savory. I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. And like the other day they brought me salty bread just so that I, they were like, this bread is salty, try it. And it was just sweet bread with salt, rock salt on top. And I was like, sweet, it just has rock salt. Or like bread, they gave yeah. me cornbread from, the, from a bakery the other day and it was like literally sickeningly sweet. It was hard to eat. <laughs> You'll find some bakeries, finally in my neighborhood now, there's a few like proper bakeries around. But if you go to like Perry Baguette or, or Tulager or like those big name ones, yeah, it's all just sweet, sweet, sweet stuff. Yeah, I got I got so frustrated, such a like, for real, I got so frustrated that in 2016, I bought, I bought a steam oven so I can make my own baguettes. Wow. Like, <laughs> I really like bread. Like, for real, I did. I was just like, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> I spent a thousand bucks and I'm not putting any sugar in this, you know, sugar in my baguettes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm making hamburger buns. I'm making it all. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. That's funny. Some other things I do have kind of like a crazy story of something that happened to me. If you guys want to hear that, that like I want crazy stories. So like basically they had me like go pick up my health check by myself uh, one day and like I was brand new like just out of quarantine so I didn't know where I was going and speak any Korean and I was when I woke up like my stomach really hurt but I just thought it, it was kind of having trouble adjusting at first and I was like it just kind of hurts it's fine then I like got in the taxi and I started feeling really sick and like nauseous and I don't know how to tell the taxi driver that I think I'm gonna puke and so I just say like I just see cup Dagio and then like he rolled down the window and it was like too late I threw up <laughs> and like he oh, didn't no. charge me for it which was so nice because they usually charge you apparently like for throwing up in the taxi That's it's usually it's usually uh self-induced uh soju soju induced <laughs> is, uh yeah, yeah. he yeah, probably knew usually that. on you yeah 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 I was sick so he drove me to like a doctor and then like I just got out and I went to the doctor thankfully doctor speaks English I still go to him all the time I love this doctor because he speaks English no one else speaks English I'm like so relieved anyway I was like covered in vomit so it was really embarrassing and I was crying at this point because I'm like lost I don't know where I am and I'm like sobbing and I'm covered in vomit so anyway he helps me out he gave me like medicine blah blah blah. I went down to the pharmacy got my medicine and I was like waiting in line and this old lady came up behind me She's like waiting behind me and she lifted my hoodie and just like grabbed my butt. And I was like, what? It was really weird. But I heard that like, this is weird, obviously, even for Korea. But like, I heard that sometimes old ladies, they don't really have the boundaries here. Like, that's what my Korean friends told me. So they were like, yeah, but still that that one's a bit 
It was insane. I, that was insane. That's a new one. I I've never might be heard a crazy that person. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. I think she yeah. was like, yeah, it was wild. I didn't even react to it because I had so many other things going on. I just like got yeah, another right. one. <laughs> I was just, like, <laughs> just a little extra for this day. <laughs> if you you <laughs> should have you should have thrown up on her. I mean, come on. Like <laughs> one more time. <laughs> just one more time. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't like I actually like when I tell people this, they're like really shocked, but I actually wasn't like that offended because I think she was just like curious. Like I don't they don't see that many foreigners in Ulsan, so I think she was just curious or something. So I was like, whatever. So the way to check if a foreigner is normal is is get get a grab their butt really quick. I I did I did have somebody when I was in in Tucson, I um I I have tattoo on my arm and um it's a it's a sleeve, it's rather big. And I had I had somebody at on the subway. It was an older woman. Just reach over and stroke my arm. Yeah, that's weird. Like, yeah, I was just like, what? What? <laughs> like, she, I don't know if she wanted to check if it would come off or something, but just like with force, stroked my whole arm and looked at me like, hmm, like she's kind of confused. Like, I was like, <laughs> okay, you just touched me. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's pre COVID experience. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. another thing, like, is the staring. I like, mm. I knew that. I would get stares because I was told about that. But in Ulsan, people in Jonggu and Namgu area, at least they like look at you from the side of their eye like this. And like right. they don't stare at you directly. So I'm like, you, that's fine for me. But like when I went to Donggu or then when I went to Daegu yesterday, people were literally like coming up to get a better look at me. And it was weird in Daegu because there's so many foreigners. So I'm like, why are you looking at me? Like it was very odd. Um, so yeah, they like came up. Yeah. But I remember when I was new here, like I would definitely get stares. I don't get it nearly as often just in Seoul, it's there's more and more foreigners around, so they're not as surprised to see me. I remember one thing that I noticed when I was first here is when I'd be walking around with a Korean friend, speaking English, of course, so people would be like, who's this English speaker you know, behind me? <laughs> and the first thing they would do is they would look at me. They'd be like, who's speaking English? But then immediately they looked at who I was with. Like, who's the foreigner? Who's the Korean person with the foreigner? And they were always right. curious about like, that's part of it. Yeah, so that was something. And then another thing that I didn't really expect, because like I heard people aren't like, that friendly to strangers right is like how nice and helpful everyone's been like on the mm-hmm. when I got here like I was struggling with my luggage like I had people help me with my luggage the whole way like this like on the airplane I was struggling with my carry-on and this like old Aja she just like grabbed my carry-on and put it up for me you know like some of them they're like nice and they're pretending like they're not being nice though you know what I mean mm-hmm. like they're being nice to you but they're acting like yeah, they're not this. doing you a favor <laughs> yeah. yeah and so he just put it up for me but it was very nice and then when the plane landed he like got up and got my luggage for me first and like that was nice. really kind of him and then like yeah. everyone helped me with things and like I said I made this like Korean friend who's my coworker, and she's just so nice like unexpectedly incredibly nice to me all the time for no reason <laughs> but I've just been really appreciative like I did not expect that it people would be so kind to me yeah, yeah. I had, I had a really similar experience when I came here. I was I, I mean I came from Chicago too, so maybe that's why. Oh <laughs> but, my god! Yeah. Like, no, no, not putting down Chicago. Chicago's very friendly, <laughs> kind. I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I was really surprised at how how much people were willing to to assist me. I think I've said this story in the podcast before. It's short and it's worth repeating. I was my first one of my first times in the subway in Pusan. And this is, you know, before there were smartphones, I don't have a map and I'm looking at the map on the wall. And if you look at the map long enough, someone's going to come up and ask you if you need help or whatever. I knew generally where I wanted to go, but this guy insisted on helping me. I was like, all right, cool. 
he comes with me onto the train. We get so far and I have to make a transfer. I don't know what's happening. Right. But he starts talking to this girl that looks like maybe she's 14 years old. Oh, yeah. And and then he gets off the train and he takes her hand and gives her hand to me. I'm like, okay, and he waves and he's gone. Now I've got the 14 year old girl with me. And and she's like my guide. And she took me the rest of the way. She took me to my exit, got to the, the stairs. She points to the top of the stairs, smiles and waves. And then she goes back to the train. She got back on the train. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I was yeah. just blown away. I'm like, I don't know any of you people. I don't even know your name. <laughs> you guys are so nice. <laughs> I'd love to hear yeah. the translation of that conversation where this guy's like, hey, uh, this guy's your responsibility now. Okay, I'm out of yeah. here. <laughs> I got to go to work. <laughs> yeah, you take care of him. Make sure this foreigner doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to help yeah. this guy. But I, I, wonder, I wonder if that's not just like, um, I'm sure, you know, we could say it's part of a cultural thing or... Um, you know, like that social uh, awareness. I wonder if also part of it is, um, I mean, if we talk to at least our students in university, in my experience, the Koreans that I meet and students that I know, they travel a lot. It's like, if you ask your freshman students, like, have you left the country? Probably half of them have. It's pretty wild how many students, like, they travel a lot. So being that you're from a country that, typically has like a lower um, English fluency level traveling, you're, you're entering into a lot of um, there, there's a little bit of empathy, you know, maybe there's a yeah. familiarity, a general social familiarity with that experience of wandering in a foreign country and not being able to communicate and looking different, feeling different, appearing, you know, and so they see you and it's like, it's like automatic. It's like, Oh, I know this. I know this feeling like, like I can help you out, you know, that I, is maybe. A really... Oh, sorry. I was going to say that's really interesting to me because like actually in Ulsan, I've had the experience where like a lot of people have never left Korea at all. And so they like don't understand where I'm coming from. But the coworker I mentioned that I became friends with, she lived in Argentina for a year mm. and she was a Spanish major. And so like I think maybe that's why like she knows I'm having a hard time. And that just made me emotional a little bit. But like I think she knows I'm having a hard time. So she's like she really goes out of her way to help me because she's like, it must be really hard. And so like you're right. Like I think she knew how hard it was for her. And so she doesn't want anyone else to go through that. And I had the same with like one of the foreign teachers who's really helped me out. She was like, Yeah, I lived here and I was really isolated when I came here. So I don't want you to feel that way. And so I do think people who are like really helpful have been through those experiences how how do you feel about the the sacrifice of i mean i think the biggest sacrifice you know especially for a long long termer like me is that i you know i've been here 20 years um the family you know what i mean like there is a sacrifice i live 10 and ryan and, and kev you guys are in the same boat um my daughter is growing up she's 13 14 years old you know she's seen her grandparents a handful of times but there it was it's not like every weekend we were going to grandma's house or in grandpa's house and that kind of thing and and that's a sacrifice that you have to reconcile when you choose this life um are you is this a temporary thing for you or are you thinking like this could lead to because because we we kind of joke about this you know i i came to asia for a year and I stayed for 20, you know, like, it's just, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I'm never going back again, you know, and I'm, I'm yeah. glad I made this decision. I've made a great life here, but there is like, those sacrifices are enormous. 
you know, when you think yeah. back on those. You know. I think I'm not sure how long I'm going to be here right now because I just got here. But yeah, I yeah, think right. I, w- I would want to stay more than a year. Right. But I agree. Like family is the hardest thing. Like my grandparents are getting older and I worry about that a lot, like not to get too dark on the podcast. But, you know, it, it's just like. I spent a lot of time with them before I came because you never know how much time you're going to have with someone. And I mm-hmm. think that is a big sacrifice. Like I want to see these people and I want to spend time with these people, but like at the same time, like I want to have these new experiences. So it's just really hard to like navigate that. Yeah. I and think there's different can... types of people as well for like how you choose to navigate that going back home. I mean, of all of our coworkers and you know, some of our coworkers go back home every summer and every winter to see family. Yeah, there yeah. You go. Um, yeah. Some people go back once every year. I go back. Well, now it'll because of COVID is special, but it'll be this summer would be five years since I've been back to the States. Wow. Five years. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I won't be making it back this, this some, summer either. So some people wow. yeah, didn't go back for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, and so everyone has yeah. very different. <laughs> I, go, I go every of, summer. Different. Every summer. I go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the interesting thing is like, you know, everyone, even though even though you do sacrifice family, it's, it's not, you know, if you choose to, if you're one of those people that wants to go back, you know, twice a year or once a year, it's very possible. Everyone, you know, people do that as well. And you can still keep in touch with, with family. Not the same, right? No. It's, it's not <laughs> like, 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 you know, Jack was saying, hanging out with the grandparents every weekend or something like that, but right. it's, the world is surprisingly small for, for how big it and is. It's, it's getting smaller too. It's been easier as the years have gone by. Now I'm using mm. things like, well, obviously zoom. Um, I've got my whole family on cacao. Um, we have, we have daily chats, you know, it's mostly memes and BS, but it's at least it's, you're there, you know, you're present with each right. other a little bit in a very, you know, maybe superficial way, but it's something. And uh, like the Marco Polo app, like we do like video messages and stuff with some of my friends that's really nice. Um, yeah. And just like always being vigilant about responding to emails to keep those relationships. Cause they, you know, they can fade. I will say one thing though. And as maybe like someone who's been here for a long time to somebody who just arrived, yeah. I'm not telling you, you should stay for two years, but second year, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that, is just, that, is true. that is true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you really, I mean, the on first that? year is still so it's still so new of course right everything is even after the like the first six months is just crazy that's all honeymoon period and yeah. and after that you know it starts to become a little bit normal but still that one year is it just feels different from when you choose to stay just that that just even if it's yeah. just one more year i think i think the first year you've got a lot of the not bad stress, but you have stress, the stress of life. Like you've got to figure out how to use the bus, you know, like, and you build these like routines, like some language challenges and, you know, uh, it could be your diet, you know, whatever. But after like the first year, the next year, it's kind of like you developed your superpowers. You know how to like use a menu. You like, you can order delivery. Um, Mm. Like the world just kind of flows and now you can go explore. You can like, you can go afield a little bit more easily, more confidently. You can be like, you know what? Today, I'm just going to F off to Seoul and, you know, get a hotel because I know how to do this. And yeah. I know where I want to explore. And 
yeah, I don't know. I you're think just, a lot of people have that. Experience. You're just holding on right now. You're just holding on for dear life. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah, and, but <laughs> yeah, Eating yeah. Sweet bread. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's nice to really hear that perspective, though. The new arrival and I call ourselves the Avengers because, like, my Korean is a lot better than hers, and her navigational skills are a lot better than mine. So we like <laughs> nice. put ours together Teamwork. and go out and like do stuff. Yeah, like at the when we go to restaurants, I order and then she gets us to the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just need you need three more, and you can uh, make a, a Voltron uh, a robot of power <laughs> yeah. right there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think the way I, I've said this before, but the way I approached my first year in Korea, I, I think was somewhat healthy. Whereas I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, like after one year, I, I didn't know if I was going to leave. I didn't know if I was going to stay. It was very like you. It's just like I'm here. Let's see what happens, right? But but my goal for the first year was that I I want to want to stay. You know, maybe I'll leave, maybe I won't, but I just hope that by the end of the year, I'm happy in the country. And so I did what I could just to enjoy Korea and just just be happy here so that even if I wanted to go home, that doesn't matter. But no, you know, staying in Korea would be OK. I wasn't one of those people that's like, I got to get out. I'm, I'm trying to run. Right. So, yeah. I, I don't want to run. Don't want to be a midnight runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I was like, I can I've been through harder things and like it is stressful, but I was like, I can do mm. it. And yeah, and it's it's always nice. Like I was talking to my doctor. It's funny because I see him like every week because I've been sick since I got here. And so <laughs> I literally were like friends at this point. So then he was just like he was telling me like, oh, I think you're really brave because like you came to this country alone. And I was just like, yeah, it's been really hard. And he's like, I know it is really hard. And sorry, I'm getting emotional again. But like that meant a lot just hearing somebody say like it's hard because like at work, sometimes mm. people are like, well, what is hard about it? I'm like, you've never even left the country. What do you mean? What's hard about it? You don't know. So it does get frustrating, but like, I'm like, okay, well they don't have that experience. So I just try to compartmentalize. Like they just don't have that same experience. So they can't possibly relate. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really hard to imagine it too. Like, I don't think I could understand it until I arrived. Like the way that you describe, um, I know I keep picking on the example of food, but it's a, such an easy example. Like I'm picturing you, okay, quarantined in your apartment, starving to death for 24 hours, you know, like yeah. you go from this to being able to like go to a restaurant that gets navigated by, by a friend, but you can order on the menu. Um, yeah. Do you know what the next level is? I'm going to tell you the next level right now. The next level, you might not know this. Did you know that if you go to a public park, you can have food delivered to where you're sitting? I heard about that. And I, it's, but it's, it's magical. Found- straight up magic stressful to me like i'm scared they're gonna not see me like what if they miss me because in the u.s it's such a disaster ordering things i realize that it's like really convenient here it's not like the u.s the u.s they get lost when you give them like your exact address and here they're like i'll find you we're at the park i'll find yeah, you it's like i'm under the yeah. tree bro and they, they like find you. <laughs> it's, wonder, still it's wonderful how. you snap your fingers you're under a tree enjoying like the the, the cool summer breeze you snap your finger and there's chicken in your hands it's it's a miracle <laughs> Really I need to do that. What I really wanted to do is like eat jajangmyeon. And I thought like I would do it my first night here. But then I realized you can't order anything with a foreign card and you need to have your ARC to use like the delivery app. So I had to wait till I got my ARC. And then I just got my bank card. So now that I have those two things, I'm going to try to order delivery at some point this week. I but, think a lot of the new apps like our 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 English like you, you can just order in English on most of the apps. So it's not so difficult to order delivery these days. Mm. Yeah. Once you get your address registered and like she said, like ARC and everything like coupon eats, I think maybe mine's not toggled, right? Mine's all in Hangul, but the, you can search, you can search names in English in it. Mm. I've right. done that. But, yeah, yeah. Like I've typed in like taco in English TAC. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. It is. The language barrier does make things kind of hard, but like, I feel like I'm, I'm getting there and like, you're right. There's a lot of stuff in English. Ulusan is like really different. I had this conversation with one of the foreign teachers who like, she lived in Taejeon previously and she lived in a few other cities in Korea. And she said like, when she told her husband, like, well, let's move to Ulusan and take this job because like, it's going to be the same as like any other city in Korea, just by the sea. That's what she said. And then she said, I came here and it was like wildly different. And she was like, she said she was shocked by how different it was and she really enjoys it. And yeah, I like, there's things that I expected. Like I heard a lot about like diet culture and people being like really thin and all of this like appearances. And like, that's not true for Ulusan at all. People just kind of look like, it's cool in a way. Like they're more laid back about their appearance, like sure. at work, nice. not everyone wears makeup. People wear like leggings and t-shirts to my job. And I'm like, you would not be able to do that in the U.S. for a job. <laughs> but, like, they just show up like that. Yeah. And, then, like, if you go out to the grocery store, there's only some people who are, like, super dressed up. But the vast majority is just wearing, like, a hoodie and, like, no makeup. And when I went to Daegu, like, last Saturday night, I was shocked because everyone was, like, super dressed up. And I was like, this is really different. And, like, there's, like, so yeah, much more pressure. Like, Wait yeah, till you go to Seoul. Point. Seoul, you know, go to Gangnam oh. or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Well, I, 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 I wear a tuxedo to Gangnam. I don't know about you guys, but uh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, always. always yeah, the top. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> top hat, monocle, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Peanut, you know, yeah. Um, well, hey, so, so Chil, we're just kind of slowly wrapping up here. I'm, I'm curious. One thing that I, I would like to know before the end here is, you know, we've talked about what brought you here and things that you've experienced, what are you looking forward to in your next year? What, yeah. what are you excited about that you haven't done yet? You know, you've only been here two months. You know, yeah. It's still very new in your eyes. What, what, what's, what's, yeah. What are you looking forward to? So I think uh, going to Seoul with like my Korean coworker and my, nice. and the, for the new foreigner upstairs, like we're going to do that for our birthday weekend. So that's like June in June. So I'm looking forward to oh, that. Nice. And then besides that, my family's going to come visit in August and I want to go to Jeju. I heard that it's packed, but I don't care. I like really want to go to Jeju. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. So I'm really looking forward to like traveling and trying like a bunch of Korean food because the kind of weird thing is like you ask people about restaurants, like try Korean food here and they keep like suggesting foreign restaurants for me. And I'm like, I don't want to eat pasta. (laughs) Have you been to uh, this really nice Burger King? Have you heard of that? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. They asked me about like Papa John's the other day. I was like, I don't want to eat Papa John's. I eat that at home. Yeah. So it's funny. So I really want to try like a bunch of different Korean food and I want to go back to Gyeongju. I like really loved going to Gyeongju. It was really beautiful. And we got that kalbi because like I asked my coworker, like, can we eat something traditional? And they gave us like the marinated crabs. She told me like the name in Korean, but I forgot, but she says that the nickname is rice thief because it's so marinated. You have to eat it with. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so we like the marinated crabs and then that kalbi. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And transportation here, like, that's really something that's so cheap and convenient compared to the U.S. Like, it's insane. Taxis, so great. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can take a taxi for, like, 30 minutes, and it's, like, yeah, 11,000 won. I'm, like, in the U.S., I'd have to pay, like, 40 (laughs) bucks for this. And then, like, That that was reverse culture shock for me. One of the first times I went back to the States, I took a taxi, and I was just like, wait a minute, why is the the meter going up so quickly? What the hell? I was shocked. It's really expensive. And, like, there's no way to, like, navigate buses to, like, different places. Here, like, I can literally, and Ulusan's one of the 
has a, one of the worst transportations for a major city. And yet I can just like pretty much get anywhere that I need. Like taking the KTX was so easy. Like I've been pushing myself out of my comfort zone so I can like navigate by myself. So I took the KTX alone yesterday. And so like, I was like, okay, I took the, found out how to take the bus there, got on the KTX, got to Daegu and then took our Dong Daegu and then took the Metro to the Daegu downtown. And like, I could do that all fairly easily. Like there's a lot of signs mm-hmm. in English, everything's like set up. And it was like a 20 minute ride. So oh, yeah. it's that's one yeah. of the reasons I stayed here. I think is the public transportation initially. It's just, it was fantastic. I, I love oh, it. Sh- shoot. Um, I don't know if this is available to you. Uh, such a, how old did you say you were? 25. You're 20. Five. She might be able to do the, what is that called? The, um, no, no, oh, what's no. the word? Something rail pass. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it ends, I think, when you're like 25, 26. It's like the Eurail pass for, for Korea, basically. Okay. Yeah. So um, you pay like, students, yeah, you pay like one fee and it's small and like students use it because they get to like explore all of Korea and you just jump mm-hmm. on, jump off. Um, I, I haven't uh, talked to a foreigner here that's as young as you in a long time yeah I people keep telling me that yeah i keep like meeting all my all the foreigners are like 30 plus and they're all like you're so young and i'm just like oh yeah i thought everyone would be like younger i mean not that 30s older <laughs> yeah. you hear about how like everyone's like in their 20s like when they come here and then i guess people just stay for a long time which is a good thing yeah, I, w- I was 25 yeah, I was when 29. i got to korea actually so i was Kevin, your age older when, you? I, when i you were 25 yep mm-hmm. oh, oh, wow. same age as me I, yeah. I came here when I was yeah quite young and yeah I just just dove. Jack, in. Jack, I how old were you when you dropped in? Well, see, I lived in Thailand for the first three years and I was 20, 22 or twenty three when I I went Whoa. there. But I was, but but the thing is, I I it, actually the average age is much higher than people think. I met a lot of people that were were coming over for the first time were in their early thirties. You know, yeah, yeah I was twenty nine, and I think yeah. like all my foreigner friends in Pusan, like the general average age was probably 28 to 31 like i was pretty young when i first jumped in so yeah for sure i think 25 is yeah i didn't meet too many foreigners that were quite at that same age uh, yeah the I, youngest in my group for a very long time yeah i was gonna say like i if anyone's watching this and they think they're too old to come like don't feel that way because i thought i was too old to come which is hilarious <laughs> right. and i was like i'm 25 like and it's weird because like you think that like there's gonna be a lot of pressure here like to be younger because like what you hear but no people keep like koreans keep being 25 you're so young like and i know that's like korean age and u.s age are different so i'm actually 27 to them but i just use my u.s age right. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> but, like, so i'm but, like, 68 <laughs> or whatever yeah I'm, it's crazy a korean age is wrong i'm over i'm over 40 in korean age i'm 41 korean age but damn it i refuse that because i'm only 39 normal age and so i yeah. like that's a whole new decade that i'm not ready to be yet in korean yeah. age so it's coming um, it's coming i know it's my birthday <laughs> soon but not, I, i've got a couple more months before yeah i, I still get the hold Same. on to it yeah so yeah just like that's my last thought or like one of the last thoughts for people like if they feel like they're too old to come the new arrival is like 30 i think and most mm. people i've met here are like in their 30s so don't mm. feel like you're too old because like it's ridiculous i thought i was too old everyone else is like in their 30s and that's a nice. great time to be here because like you also have more life experience like i'm scrambling mm-hmm. so much because of like everything that's happening to me and like people who are in their 30s like can't relate on the same level because like they just have more skills than i do at like 25 yeah. 25 so i'm like this is hard and they're like oh what about it like their coping skills are just different so anyway it's it's a good thing and a bad thing but like there's pros and cons to everything but yeah just come if you want to come basically 
Yeah. So Jill, I, I got to admit, I, I, I love your attitude here. Like, I think that you're going to have a fantastic, yeah. you know, thing. Like you're, you're ready. You're already out exploring. You've got a, a basics for the language. I mean, this, that's, that's recipe for success. Here, sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we talk to you like like two years later you're speaking korean fluently you've, you know what i mean like it's it's some people just jump in and just go for it right away and yeah. that's the best way to do it i mean it really is uh i think you're you're just uh, right I was thinking i think it would be great so chill if, if in like another you know 10 months come around you know january or so i'd, I'd love to have you come back and tell us what it was like yeah, she'll come back all black pilled and be like kimchi sucks <laughs> i'm going back to america yeah she's gonna be fully ajima with the like visor and the like <laughs> and, yeah. i'm dead at 25 like my ajima. yeah i there's only two yeah. options you either go fully native or you run away it's 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 really yeah. all that there is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think for me, like, my experiences have been so good here that I don't think I could hate it. Like, people have been so mm. nice and kind to me. Nice. And the kids, like, despite, like, things I don't know how to navigate to, like, hierarchy and things that I'm not used to, like, people, like, it feels disrespectful sometimes from, like, the U.S. because, like, your boss doesn't talk to you a certain way, right? So I'm, like, getting mm. used to, like, things here. But I mm. love my kids so much and they love me. And, like, I cried the other day thinking about, like, what I'm gonna do if like I had to leave them I was like no I couldn't like leave and so I love my kids so much so I think like it's one of those things like if you're gonna go into work focus on the positive think about like the coworkers that are nice to you get along with them help them with everything because like you owe them <laughs> some help because they're helping you out and appreciate your kids like be really nice to them and put like a lot of the closer you are with your kids that you work with, I think the more effort you want to put into your lesson planning too. And that really helps because then everyone gets like a better impression of you too. Like, Oh, you're working really hard. Like I've typed up all my lesson plans and like the boss and some of my coworkers were shocked. They were like, your lesson plans are so nice. You don't have to do this like fancy work. I was like, it's not fancy. It's just like basically <laughs> planning, but you know, like, it's called yeah, teaching. Just, yeah. I think you've got, preparing as part of teaching. Like, yeah, so, like, wait a second. The more you, you like your kids, like the more so you want to prepare, the more you like your kids, the more you want to prepare. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. And it just, yeah. if your kids like you, that is the number one most important thing in mm. Hagwan. I mean, it really is like, Very that true. is the, you know, those kidney classes are the bread and butter of those of those institutions and um if if your kids like you if they're having fun with you then you're you're golden i mean that's that's yep. my experience uh i'd say i'd say that goes with like all levels like even teaching uni like okay yeah we're teaching to metrics right i mean as, as you go up the age ladder right you got to teach more to the metrics but i i've said this to both you guys like um meeting expectations you still got to admit that even in a university the student um i don't want to say they're a customer but you know you're you're serving you're working with them you're meeting their expectations what do they want what do they want to do what do they want to accomplish like you got to work right. towards them and that's essentially the same thing like make them happy you know yep. right um, yeah. yeah and i think for you got to like inspire them to want to communicate. Like I was shocked by how quickly they all learned how to say that I'm beautiful. Cause like they wanted to tell me that. So like they like all learned it and now they all know how to say it. And I'm like, you guys are learning this faster than the material. What's cute. going on? <laughs> but it was really cute. And so like they, I'm like, you got to inspire them to want to communicate with you. Cause then they're going to learn it. Like my kid who's learning the fastest it's cause he loves to talk. And I keep telling other teachers that like, he loves to talk. So he wants to learn English cause he wants to tell me stuff. Mm -hmm. So you got to like, inspire them and I they're guess. little sponges at that time so you know the, the the way you talk to them and and 
you know, for and forcing them to, you know, speak English. They're, you know, it, it's not, it's not such a, it's not as much teaching as it is just kind of, um, I don't know, providing input that they can, you know, absorb and yeah. and so exposure and keep them stoked. I still do that with freshmen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. guys, we're gonna have fun, but it's gotta stay in English. That's, yeah, that's the only rules today. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a great positive place to to wrap on. Do, does anybody have anything you want to add really quick? For oh, this is for awesome. This? Yeah, yeah. Just, thank you yeah, so, so much. Jill, thanks, for, thanks a lot for yeah. coming in. This is, yeah, very cool. And I do hope to, to, to talk to you again in a few months and see how you have adapted to, to Korea. So come, yeah. come back and chat with us again. Thanks. Yeah. 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 I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So I'm going to be listening. Nice. Yeah. I, I cool have learned well. a lot of helpful tips from this podcast. too. So. <laughs> right well, yeah, thank nice. you. That's that, that makes us feel great. Um, okay. I'm yeah. just going to, going to uh, tell our listeners out there, you guys know where to find us. You can go to the soulpatch.com. Uh, it's a one-stop shop. You can get the YouTube channel. You can di- uh, stream the episodes, uh, download the episodes. Um, if you uh, could do us a favor and leave us a, a review in po- Apple Podcasts, that really helps us out with the charts. And that's, uh, you know, gets us seen by more uh, listeners out there. And uh, if you uh, have the funds, uh, you can smash that Patreon button and uh, buy us a cup of coffee and that'll go toward uh, producing the show so that we can uh, keep doing this every week. And uh, I guess with that, we'll say goodbye. See you next week on The Patch. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks, Bye, everyone. I'd like to thank a couple of respects to the people that made me what I am today. Gotham Gear. This all my love. This all my love. The quiet mind. This all my love. This all my love. The dopamine. Jim. It's all my love, it's all my love, it's all my love, it's all my love. The brain. It's all my love, it's all my love. Hey, Bobby, let the faith go. Absolutely.